0: Welcome back to Trick Lax Picks, the show where we analyze every game from every conference so you can make the best picks. As always, we're your hosts, the Three Garrets. It has arrived, gentlemen, week 11, rivalry week. The Big Ten is concluding the regular season. Many other conferences have one or two games left. It is crunch time. It is time to make a push for the conference tournament to try to make your stake to the national tournament. One of the most fun times of the year. Cannot wait for conference tourneys and a tournament to start.
1: Teams are fighting to stay above that 500 rule for the out large bids too. It's a now it's the make or break week. I know we've talked about it last week, but. now more than even last week it is, especially with a lot of these, the Big Ten games. Oh, God. Watch those. Two Friday night, one on Saturday. Those are the games that are must-watch television this weekend.
2: Yeah, and we're also going to be seeing some Ivy League teams fall in, too, because I think uh, we have Harvard, Penn, Princeton, and Brown. Um, Well, Harvard, Penn, and Princeton are all 500 right now, and Brown is one game below 500. So. Yeah. Um teams are gonna be fighting. We're gonna see some great lacrosse across the board, man. Um it's gonna be very entertaining.
0: Also gotta shout out to Mac. The parody in that conference is unparalleled. Who knows who's gonna make that tournament, who's gonna win that tournament. It's not the highest quality caliber of lacrosse, but it might be the most entertaining.
1: It it is god, that conference is just amazing.
2: I, I got a migraine trying to like watch those games because I like I had a very bad week and when we go over records will will it will show but the it was those Mac games that really did me in that was that was the kicker and I didn't think I was going to be taken down by the Mac but here we are
0: <laughs> the Mac humbles us all the Achilles heel oh, yes all
2: right let's just
1: hop right into our top twenty this week. Unfortunately, they don't feature any MAC teams, but, you
3: know.
0: Receiving votes category. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Receiving votes. Far fewer teams than normal. Only two. We have Jacksonville and St. Joe's is making a late season push back into contention. Only chances with the A-10, A-Q, but it's in their sights.
1: Moving into our actual top 20 now. We've got Yale coming back in. They're at 20. Penn also, I think, are they falling down or coming back in? I can't even remember. They're kind of hovering. They're at 19. Utah slowly creeping up. They're at 18 for us. Delaware also moving up. They're at 17, and Princeton is at 16.
2: And at 15, we have Michigan, who took a very tough loss against Penn State. We'll talk a a little bit about that, but not much movement from them um north carolina at 14 um i was really questioning even if they should be like 15 or higher in the standings because of that syracuse loss but they are in deep deep trouble of missing out on the tournament villanova at 13 denver who had a big time scare this weekend against st john's is at uh 12 and syracuse slowly moving up we have them at our 11 spot um I'm not sure what inside lacrosse has them at, maybe at like 10 or 11 as well. Um, So Syracuse moving up, uh, having some quality games.
0: In the top 10, Rutgers is hanging around after the loss to Maryland. Army also hanging around after a loss to Cornell at nine. Georgetown continues to inch up the rankings, followed by Cornell and then Hopkins at six.
1: Our top five this week remains completely unchanged from last week. We have Maryland at number five, Penn State at number four, Virginia number three, Duke number two, and Notre Dame sitting at number one.
2: Yeah, we're not going to see much movement out of that top five, I don't think, or top ten, really, um, unless something terrible happens with Rutgers. Um, But I mentioned that Denver had a bit of a scare against St. John's, and that goes into Dog of the Week, Kyle Munson. Goalie for St. John's had nine saves, 12 goals against, four saves in the fourth quarter to keep his team alive in that game, um, despite giving up three goals uh, to Denver in that fourth quarter. Um, They led the whole game up until um, the fourth and you know he was a big reason why they stayed and stayed in that game. Um, Denver, they're very talented. And you know, he had every reason to, you know, just fold in that game, really. Um they've never beaten Denver. Um, they haven't won a game this season. You know it, it it's an easy thing to just say, you know, screw this, I'm not going to put out my best effort, but he stepped up. and he led his defense to, you know, unfortunately, they lost the game, but he led his defense to go toe-to-toe with a very talented Denver team in um, Bill Tierney's last year, odds against them um, across the board. So, you know, that's a great performance by him, way to step up, um, just unfortunate about the result.
1: Dang, I did not realize St. John's has never beaten Denver before.
2: Yeah, tough. after this... After this weekend, it's uh, the series is 10 to nothing, Denver. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, hopping
1: into our new and updated records after this weekend. We had 48 games this past week, and we all did pretty well. Glazer and Voigt both finished the week with a record of 34 and 14. Voight now has an overall record of 307 and 129. Glazer is at 317 and 119. And I was lucky enough to win this week with a record of 39 and 9. So I overtook first place again, right where I should be, with a record of 321 and 115 for the year.
0: Little caveat to those rankings we keep track of who wins basically top 20 matchups. And Foyt is crushing it in that department this year. He is 33-18. So while he might be behind in the overall standings, he is cruising in the top 20 matchups. An interesting little
1: stat. I'm I'm pretty sure, like, the main reason I'm doing so well is because I am by far picking Mac the best, and there are so many Mac games that I'm just winning
2: all of those one single one-offs. Absolutely. Um... And notable, these notable matchups, how are they measured again? I, I'm, I apologize for not knowing. There
0: are our collective hat trick top 20. Anytime a uh, top 20 matchup in our rankings plays, it's worth a few extra points
2: in our little system. Sweet. righty. So I'm doing pretty solid there. All right. Yes, sir. I won't complain. I won't complain all
1: right to let us in terms of points real quick since we're talking about it for the first go time, ahead go ahead mentioned it on the podcast yet but uh so yes we obviously keep track of overall record but like glazer said we also keep track of whenever we have two teams playing in our top 20 against each other and every single game that's just a regular game is one point those notable matchups are worth three points for us so right now we have record standings, but the actual physical point standings are a lot closer. I have 379 points, Glazer has 377 points, and Voight has 373 points. So there's only six points separating us, even though the records may show a little bit more disparity. It is a lot closer than the records show.
0: All right, diving in to this week number 11. We have two great Tuesday matchups, the first of which is the Georgetown Hoyas coming to Baltimore to take on the Loyola Greyhounds. And let me ask you this question, gentlemen. (laughs) Picture back to week one. Uh, Loyola beats Maryland. Georgetown loses to Hopkins. At that point, you would have said, oh, man, Loyola, 100%. I know that's what I was saying to myself when I looked at this game back then. No more. No more. I went against the Hounds last week. It hurt my heart, but it was the smart pick, and BU took it to them. No. No, 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 Loyola. I love you, but you are not going to beat Georgetown. This team is descending too much, and I I, I don't think I'm going to get burned. I I like Georgetown here, but I do think it's going to be a pretty close game.
1: I don't think this is going to be a close game. (laughs) Um, For everybody who's been keeping up with the podcast, you know how I feel about Loyola. It is not very high. Georgetown, I am very high on. (laughs) Loyola has to win the Patriot League or else they're out of this. They're not getting
2: anywhere. Oh, yeah. Dryband, I have a question. How confident are you after Georgetown barely beat Marquette in overtime this weekend?
1: You You know what? What? I, they got they ground out the dub. Marquette is that is such a weird team. Like they went out and lost to Bellarmine, but then they've also beaten Michigan and Penn State on the road, both of those games. So I'm not gonna flash too much like worry about it. It seems like Marquette's either really on or really off as a team, and I, I guess that was their really on day. And Georgetown, you know, fought the good fight and actually battled them off.
2: All right, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm just going to follow suit with you guys. Yeah, I have Georgetown as well. Um, you know, the 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 close games have been, like, very concerning for me because they did have a close game against Providence, and they've kind of had, like, pretty close Big East games as well. So it, it's it's very tempting to take Loyola because they are at home, similar circumstances to Maryland, to that Maryland game. Yeah. Um, but I think for now, just go with the safe pick. Georgetown, they're pretty hot. They're playing pretty well. Um, You know, the close games, you know, throw that out the window. They're just finding ways to win. So uh, yeah, definitely go with the Hoyas here. And moving on to our second and final uh, Tuesday game, right? It's Tuesday. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have UMass Lowell taking on Holy Cross, the battle of the winless teams um, of the week. Um, uh, they've only <laughs> met three other times. <laughs> I don't have much on, this, on these guys, I'm sorry. Um, they, they've only met three other times. Holy Cross is undefeated in the series. Um, but they have been very close games, 15 to 14, 13 to 12. Um, the largest deficit was a 12 to 7 victory, but I think that was like many moons ago. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, I'm I, Holy Cross safe pick because history and the fact that they're playing at home, you know, um, and they have a pretty solid goalie. He's not he's not the best, but you can only do so much when your defense let's that many let's the like third or fourth most shots um of the year so um yeah go with holy cross
0: so this game is happening at the exact same time as loyola georgetown you might want to turn on this game over that one because oh, my oh yeah my this, this could be this could be a fascinating matchup because these teams these seniors want their one victory so freaking bad and it's just going to create an incredible lacrosse game i think the turnovers might be north of 50 combined doesn't matter awesome awesome matchup but yeah i'm gonna take holy cross i think they eek this one out over the river hawks
1: i there is (laughs) i'm picking holy cross too oh boy this game is such a conundrum i mean neither of these teams look like they really want to win games i don't think either of them have come super close to winning a game. Uh I'm pretty sure Holy Cross's like closest margin was three goals. That's the the least amount Mm -hmm. of goals they've lost by is three. UMass Lowells, I think, is also three this past weekend against Merrimack. So like they've gotten close, but they haven't really contested. I like Holy Cross just for the sole fact that they are at home in this game. And also because they at least have one player on their team. Uh, what's it say? McIntyre?
0: Yeah, McIntyre.
1: McIntyre, yeah. I, uh, put it McIntyre. this way, Holy Cross's top two point <laughs> scores, McIntyre has 43 points on the year, and this, their second guy, Dean DiNano, has 26. UMass Lowell, on the other hand, their top point scorer on the year has 19 points with 10 goals and nine assists through all games. So I don't know who's going to step up for you, Basil when it comes crunch time, but Holy Cross at least has that guy. So I'm trusting them more.
3: All righty. Now
2: we're moving on to our uh, Wednesday slate. This is Wednesday now Friday Friday night. night. Friday night. We have Friday night lacrosse. That's right, because we have a lot of Big Ten matchups on this Friday night slate. This is one of them. It's top ten matchup. Our number ten team, Rutgers, taking on number four, Penn State, uh, in Nappy Valley, or Happy Valley, rather. Nappy um, Valley. We're not in California. Happy <laughs> Valley. I'm, my brain is fried right now. Um, but, yeah, I... I didn't like how Rutgers looked against Maryland. They didn't look like themselves. Defense couldn't find a man off ball like the picks in the middle um, that Maryland was setting. They just got lost a ton. Um, Penn State, they just continue to play great games. They had a great game against Michigan. They battled back um, when they were down pretty much the entire game. So they're, they've proven they're resilient. They can come back from a big deficit. Um, they're playing at home. Big 10 rival. Um, They're hot. I I don't see why Penn State should not win this game.
1: Fully agree, Voight. Uh, That game against Michigan for Penn State just made me more reassured of them than if if there was some amount of doubt after the Hopkins game and how gritty it was to come back against that team after going five down, that was even a grittier win because they had to do it while they're top guy malone was shut down we give props out to michigan's top defenseman i don't remember his name is but he locked malone down that game Mm -hmm. and i was so happy to see jack trainer step up because holy crap he just put the team on his back with those six goals and he just said i'll take over and i'll bring us back from the hole and that was impressive to see made me really happy and penn state's also five at one at home this season with the one loss coming to marquette so I don't think they're going to lose this. And like we said last week, Rutgers is pretty bad on the road. So I'm also taking the Nanny lines.
0: Me too, for all the same reasons. I'm only going to add that this is kind of a trap game for Penn State and that it's kind of a must-win for Rutgers in terms of their mm-hmm. um, at-large st- chances. So Rutgers is probably going to be playing some inspired lacrosse. Penn State probably knows they're in. Um, but even still... I, like you guys have been saying, Penn State's just incredibly impressive, and I think they keep the they keep the ride going here.
2: It, it's also worthy to note, like Brian Cameron, number eleven for Rutgers, just didn't look like himself in that Maryland game. He kind of looked like he was playing hurt. Um, so who knows they, if they'll have them have him on Friday night? No?
1: All right. Moving on to the next matchup, we've got our number 20 team Yale Bulldogs traveling to Albany. Yale's offense clicked against Brown, but more importantly, their defense actually finally showed up in a game and they held a team to 10 or under for the first time uh, since they played Denver in early March, I think so.
3: And Albany has been wishy-washy, so they're like four and six. I like Yale on the road. Yeah, I I like Yale
2: as as well. Albany, they're just kind of up and down this year. Um, They could show up to this game, but I don't see it happening. Yale's playing pretty well the last few weeks.
0: I really thought Brown was going to beat Yale. I thought they were just a better team. So for Yale to win that game in the way they did was really impressive to me. But, I mean, look, Yale is in win every game at this point. It's their only chance to make it the tournament. So, yeah, they're not going to drop this
2: one to Albany. All right, next up we have a big-time Patriot League matchup. Um, these teams, Bucknell and Lafayette, they're right by, they're right next to each other in the standings. Lafayette has a slight edge, I think, because of their overall record, but Bucknell is playing pretty well as well. Um, they have the same Patriot League record. I think they're two and four, two and five. Both wins coming against Colgate and. Uh, Give me one second here. I believe it was Holy, uh, Holy Cross. Was that it? Gem. Yeah.
1: The gem in the Patriot League.
2: Yeah. So it's kind of up in the air, I would say, for this matchup. Um, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Bucknell. I'm tempted. I was tempted to take them today, um, but I get weird vibes in this game. The Bison own the history of this series, and I think they have the edge when it comes to just finding key Patriot league wins towards the end of the season, no knock to Lafayette. They've been playing great this season and they've proved that they can pull out wins when they need to. But I think the Bison, they've, they've been kind of just going through peaks and valleys. They had a great game against Mercer at the beginning of the year. And then they just fell off. I think they, they lost like five or six straight and then they battle back um, to, you know, have a little bit of a chance in this Patriot League. So I think they find it here, and I think they find a way to win.
1: Yeah, I. this game is very interesting because, like you said, Voight, they both have wins over Holy Cross and Colgate. And oddly enough, Lafayette, both times they played those teams, was at home. So Lafayette has both wins at home. Bucknell beat both of those teams on the road, though. So mm-hmm. they both, it seems like Lafayette has an advantage at home, but Bucknell has an advantage on the road. So I don't know how to kind of weigh those two different ways. I, this is going to be a really good game. Uh, they're fighting for that last spot in that Patriot League tournament. So whoever wins yep. this game will be that sixth seed, hands down. Um, it, it'll be a gritty matchup. I think it'll be like, if Lafayette wins, I feel like. This will be the first time they've made the Patriot League tournament in a second. Did they make it last year?
2: I Have to look. I don't I, think so. I will, I will double okay. check for you.
1: Well, um, it doesn't feel like they've made it in a while. So them, they probably really want to make this Patriot League tournament. Uh, I, I yeah. So they I, were. I they
2: to, were. On the outside looking in, they only had one win in the Patriot League last year.
1: Yeah, I so I think this year they can taste it. They have a chance, but yes, this Bucknell team looks a lot better right now than it did at the beginning of the season. Right now, I'm going with Lafayette. I might change my mind just because this is a very interesting matchup that is very, very close in my opinion. But right now, I'm sticking with the home team. I'm going with Lafayette.
0: I'm pretty confident in Lafayette in this one. I think this is an awesome matchup. Just it, It's essentially a playoff game before the playoffs, really. I mean, that's what it is, called a Patriot play-in game, um, which makes it that much more exciting on a Friday night amongst all these other big games. But I like Lafayette. I mean, I think they've they've just played teams better, and I think they're capable of scoring that can outpace the Bison. So yeah, I, I think Lafayette's the more seasoned team here, and I, I look. I think they're determined too. To our point, like they haven't made the Patriot tournament in a while, so to have this opportunity before them is is a huge thing for this program, and I think they deliver and win.
2: It should be an awesome game. Like like we said at the beginning of the podcast, like or the beginning of this episode, rather this this week we're gonna find out more concretely what's going to happen to a lot of these teams and this is certainly one of those games where we're going to find out who's going to be on the outside whose season is going to be over at the end of the week um this next matchup um neither team's season will end um at the conclusion of this game but it certainly has plays a big part in like who will have the momentum going into the Big 10 tournament it's Ohio State and our number 15 team Michigan uh, they're playing in Michigan, so big-time advantage for the Wolverines. They've been playing pretty sweet at home this year. Um, it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, it's going to be physical. I like Michigan, though. They're on a mission. They're playing at home against Ohio State. Who they, I don't think they hadn't beaten. Um, I tried looking at the history, but unfortunately, both websites don't have, like, matchup history logs. Um, so that was very disappointing. That's my biggest pet peeve. Like, I can't look at the history, but I like Michigan here. They have a great team. They're playing pretty well. Um, they're walking away from a lot of these Big Ten games thinking we should have won that game, and I think this is um, a game where they will walk away saying, we deserve to win that game, and we did win that game. So I got the Wolverines here.
3: Awesome,
0: awesome game! Obviously, a huge, huge football implication here. Um, boy, for that history you're looking for. Two years ago in 2021, when all the Big Ten played each other, Michigan beat Ohio State. Ended their season in the Big Ten tournament. They won 15-11. That was kind of the shocker. Ohio State That's came in right. and, and beat them last year. But I love the Wolverines in this game, I, and I think they win gonna be close. It's a big 10 game, but I don't think they ever really lose sight of this win. Um I think first of all, I took Michigan against Penn State. Don't regret it at all. I think they played pretty well. It's just clear they just need to learn how to finish games. Um, they certainly learned how to do it at Maryland. I don't know why they couldn't deliver against Penn State, but I think this team is just head and shoulders better than Ohio State. And I think they deliver, and I think Playing this rivalry game at home gets the boys juiced up. And my one final point, Michigan is not out of an at-large bid. They take care of Ohio State. They get in the Big Ten tournament and they win one or two. They're in a real conversation to be able to make an at-large bid here.
1: Just two things to add on to this. One, this is going to be a bloodbath. I think Michigan's going to put up at least 15 because Ohio State, once again, showed us how absolutely terrible they are on the road. Um, They followed the trend and they let up 17 goals away again. So their average goals that they give up on the road is 16 and a half per game this year through four games, and they're scoring about 10. So they're losing by a margin of six and a half in the four games that they're away, which is mind-boggling to me. And I just and Michigan also knows that this is a must-win. Obviously, both teams this does not end their season. Michigan winning here makes it so that they don't have to win three straight and get the AQ, but they just have to win one in the first round of the Big Ten, and they'll probably have a very good shot of getting in. If they don't win this game, they have to win the AQ. Ohio State has to win the AQ either way just because of under 500% because they're 5-7 and seven right now. Um, so it is do or die for both these teams. I think Michigan is going to be able to – actually grab a hold of this moment and take it and get two wins in a big 10 season that i feel like they haven't done and maybe ever i honestly don't know if that has happened yet um i really like them at home though this team even though they let up two games in a row they've been really close games and they just i think this is one that they'll be able to finish
0: we conclude friday with the big east showdown with providence traveling across the country to take on number 12 denver Denver, as Boyd said, coming off a very, very, very tight win against St. John's and Towson, for that matter. It was a gritty week for the Pioneers. But I think they take care of Providence, especially at home. Providence, who's you know been an upset team a little bit this year here and there, but got dusted by Villanova. And I think Denver probably dust him here, too.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um... I went to that game, that Towson Denver game on Thursday night, and you know, you see Denver jump out to a six one, six two lead early on, suddenly it's twelve to ten in the in the with the, in the closing periods of the fourth quarter. And you're thinking I think I, I was thinking at least that Denver was gonna throw away that game. Um, and they certainly almost threw away the St. John's game too. Um, Providence, yeah, like you said, Glazer, they're an upset team. Um if it were any week other than the tournament, it would be this one, um, just because of the way Denver's playing. But Tierney's last regular season home game, Denver's going to show up, and uh, I think they're going to walk away with the win.
1: Yeah, this these last two games for Denver of the season, they have the the lucky draw of playing Providence and Marquette, who are just like the biggest dark horses in this in their conference, and both of them like they need another win to clinch that last conference spot because they're fighting for that four spot. So <laughs> Denver's playing against hungry teams. Providence is gonna be hungry. We'll see
3: how it goes. I'm picking Denver right now too, but it'll definitely be a good game.
2: All right, now we move on to the Saturday slate, the hefty Saturday slate. Um, Start with an A-Sun matchup. We have Air Force traveling down to Florida to take on the Jacksonville Dolphins. Um, nothing really here. Um, I can't remember, honestly, if Air Force won or lost this weekend. They probably won. They were playing a low-tier yeah, A-Sun they had a, team.
0: They had a comfortable win, yeah. Detroit Mercy.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, a, yeah that's a comfortable win. Um, but I don't think this is going to be too comfortable for them. Jacksonville, you know. They need as many ASUN games as they can in their pocket, um, so I'm going with the Dolphins.
0: Same here. Um, basically, I think this is a game we're going to see in another two weeks because I'm pretty sure Jacksonville is going to be the two seed and Air Force is going to be a, the three, pretty sure, assuming Bellarmine's the four. So um, kind of a warm-up game for the ASUN tournament, but I think Jacksonville gets it. Um, don't like Air Force on the road here. The the travel for the ASUN is – just brutal.
1: Yeah, I don't have anything to add. I'm also going to take Jacksonville in this game.
0: Next up, we have a interesting, interesting MAC matchup with Canisius traveling to Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart, the Pioneers, are our fun team of the week. That's right, they continue, continue to build on a very interesting MAC season. We said last week. They were 0 and 8 or 0 and 7 to start the year. Now they are 4 and 9, and they remain 500 in the MAC, very, very much alive, trying to get a seed in the tournament. An exciting team that plays energized. Dryman has said it before: a team that plays so much better at home. Absolutely going to go with the momentum here. Love the pioneers against the Golden against the Golden Griffins at home in this one.
2: Yeah, I love Sacred Heart in this one, too. Um, we kind of harped on Canisius, like, watch out for Canisius. Like, they're going to show up, and then they've kind of been, like, underwhelming and lackluster the last few weeks, whereas Sacred Heart, they've been finding way to win games. So I like the Pioneers here, too.
1: I'm so excited for the Sacred Heart team. It made me so happy when I picked them over Quinnipiac and they were able to pull out that win. That was a gritty, great win. and. There's one thing that I will say and point out for everybody at home who has not seen a sacred heart game. They have an attackman, a junior attackman named Morgan O'Reilly who was injured for the first half of the season came back against VMI and he's played in every game since then. He's averaging three and a half points per game and sacred heart is four and two in those games <laughs> that he's played. So this team is obviously very different when he's on the field they're really fun to watch. He scored seven against Quinnipiac and just put the team on his back and said, guys, I'm just going to carry us to this win. If they win against Canisius, they are right there vying for that final spot in this conference tournament. They know this is a must-win game. I think they're going to win it at home, and I think I I would love to see them make a run in the conference tournament. It would make me so happy.
2: Um, Potential trap game here. Colgate taking on Loyola. Um. You know Colgate, they're struggling. Only one win so far this season. Haven't won a Patriot League game yet. I don't think. Um, actually, wait, did they beat Holy? They might have beaten Holy Cross already.
0: No, they beat Navy. That's um, their one
2: win. That, that's that's right. Beat they, Navy. Beat Navy. they beat Navy. They beat Navy. That's right. So yeah, um, yeah. I have Loyola here um, for now, but I could feel differently. But like I said last week, it's. It's hard to win games when only three- or four-year players are in the double digits for goals and points. So, And Loyola, they're at the top of the Patriot League. They're looking for a good spot to uh, find a good matchup So, in the first round, um, and I like them here.
0: I agree. I think this has the potential to be a trap game, especially with Loyola playing on Tuesday night. But I think Loyola knows they need to win comfortable Patriot games, and I think they win this one.
1: Yeah, as much as I am against Loyola, I still think they're better than Colgate this season. I've got the Greyhounds as well.
0: Next up, we have number seven, Cornell, going to Rhode Island to take on the Brown Bears in a, I think, penultimate Ivy League matchup for both these teams. Brown won this game last year 13-8. to And it is an interesting point in the season for Brown last year because they had beaten Yale and Penn in the two preceding weeks very enticing to take Brown here. But after seeing them against Yale, I've kind of reeled back a little bit and decided to go with Cornell. I think Cornell statistically just has a better scoring and turnover differential that I think is a difference in this game. Moreover, I think the biggest difference and game changer is Chase Erlen in the goal. He's been a huge, huge part of this Cornell's team success. And I think he kind of helped shut down the McLean brothers. So well, I do think Brown has a very good chance here. I also think that Cornell knows they can't drop another game really outside of the Ivy tournament. So I'm going to go with the the home big red here. I'm sorry, the on the road big red here.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you, Glazer. I don't have a lot to add. Brown, they did it again, and it was their. I've, I've commented on before. The McLean's are spray and prayers, and Those guys combined for – they got two goals on 17 shots.
0: That can't happen.
1: can't happen. That is absolutely absurd. Uh, So that – if they do that again, they're not beating this Cornell team. As of right now, there's not much that I want to see that will make me switch my pick. So I'm taking Big Red.
2: Yeah, like Cornell by and far the better team here. Um, If you look at the records, look at the stats. Brown just yeah they didn't play their best game against Penn, um, and you just have to you have to win those games when you're fringe Ivy League tournament play. Um, so yeah, Cornell they're the only consistent Ivy League team here, so you got to definitely take them here.
1: All right, big CAA matchup. We've got Drexel traveling to our number 17 Delaware Blue Hens and. Delaware made it abundantly clear against Sunnybrook that this is still their conference, and I don't think that's going to change. I'm taking Delaware in this game. They play great at home, and this past weekend, Drexel's offense just shat the bed. I mean, they looked terrible against Hofstra, against a Hofstra team that has not been good. So I like Blue Hens at home in this game, and fun fact, Drexel has lost four games and in all four of those games, they have scored exactly seven goals. Don't know why.
3: Hmm. Interesting.
2: Yeah, like Delaware. Yeah, they're by and far the better team. Well, I actually I don't know about by and far. I'm I I have my. I'm very reluctant to take Delaware in this matchup, but that Drexel loss to Hofstra this past weekend, it flew under the radar. For I think for a lot of us and the lacrosse community, just like, oh, Hofstra beat Drexel. Wait, Hofstra beat Drexel. Like, you kind (laughs) of have to, like, do a double take there. Um, I still think Delaware's do. And I think this is – they could happen here because I would rather much have it happen in the regular season rather than the CAA tournament. But they're playing pretty well. Um, And they're playing a Drexel team who – Like we said, just came off a bad Hofstra loss. So um, you got to go. I think you just got to stick with the Blue Hens here until they lose.
0: I I still think this is probably a preview of the CAA championship. I do think Drexel Mm -hmm. probably makes it back there. Um, So this in many ways is round one for me. But yeah, I think Delaware isn't that much better than everyone else in the CAA, but they are better. And I think I think for that reason alone, they're probably going to win this game, especially at home. Rematch in a championship game, different circumstances. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Blue Hens, the comfortable, safe pick in this one.
2: Yeah. Next up, uh, we have another a matchup. Bellarmine's taking on Detroit Mercy this weekend, traveling up to the great state of Michigan. Um, Bellarmine, they're flying under the radar, man, in the a um. They just keep winning games, and I bet they just want to keep that way. I don't think they want any spotlight on them just yet. They're just going to keep chugging along, and they're going to take down Detroit again this um, this year. Um, I believe the series – honestly, I think uh, the series is pretty tight. Detroit Mercy has won four of the last five. Bellarmine won last year, but previous four years, Detroit Mercy's had their number. But Bellarmine, better team here, I think.
1: Yeah. Agreed. I Detroit Mercy has shown, like, like I mean, they beat Robert Morris, which was a real, like, spark in the, flash in the pan for them. I did not expect that, but I don't, they're just not consistent. I like Bellarmine a lot more this, in this game, and I like them a lot this year, too. So, I'm going to take the Knights also.
0: Yeah, Bellarmine is 4-3 and three in the A-Sun. They are holding on to that 4-seed in the tournament. I do not think they want to give it up to Detroit Mercy, even on the road. So, yeah, in many ways, this is a must win for the Knights, and I think they get it.
1: All right, moving on. Our next matchup, we have Fairfield traveling to Stony Brook, and Fairfield had a great GAA win this weekend over Monmouth, uh, just to give them a little bit of kudos. But I don't think they're at the same level as at Stony Brook at all, uh, who is looking for a bounce-back win after two straight conferences or conference losses. I like Stony Brook at home a lot
0: in this game. Yeah, Stony Brook is... I know we just said Direction's probably going to make the championship, but Stony Brook is definitely that team to challenge them for that. Uh, so I, I expect Stony Brook to win this game and to have their have their sights on the conference playoffs.
2: Yeah, I have Stony Brook as well. Nothing much to add, but it could be a closer game than we think, honestly. Um, Fairfield, they can, they've can proved that they can stay in, in some games. Um, so... Don't count the the stags out just yet, but I'm I'm sticking with the Seawolves.
1: Moving on to a little bit of an A-10 action now. We've got Richmond traveling to Hobart, and Hobart played a phenomenal game against St. Joe's. They took them down to the wire. It was 11-10 final score line, and it just really shows how close the talent level is between every team in this conference, except you, St. Bonaventure. This was (laughs) going to be a close game, I think. Uh, but Richmond has looked really sharp ever since their loss against St. Joe's, so I'm going to take Richmond on the road in this game.
2: Yeah, I'm going to take Richmond too, but I'm pretty reluctant after Hobart's performance against St. Joseph's. Um, If you look at um, the last few games for Richmond, uh, two goal loss to St. Joseph's, one goal game to UMass, one goal loss to Georgetown, um, they only beat St. John's by three goals on the road. Um, and they beat high point 13 to 13-9, but that game was pretty tight for a long, a long time. So um, I'm reluctant to take Richmond, but I'm going to stick with them because they're the better team here. It stinks that this is the first time these two teams are meeting for the first time because there's no history to go off of. Um, but for now, Richmond, I think they're the better team. Um, they're looking to get some momentum and uh, take down Hobart.
0: Hobart is not our dark horse pick of the week, but they're probably a very close second. uh, I I think in this regard, Hobart is by no means a bad pick here, especially at home in this very competitive uh, A-10. But I actually was pretty impressed by Richmond against High Point. I thought High Point was a really good test game for them. You know, the SoCon continuation. And I thought they handled that stress well, and they think they're really hitting their stride. So I think that maybe they're having... uh, Having thoughts about maybe dethroning St. Joe's and snagging that uh, snagging that AQ, so in that respect, I do not think they dropped this one.
2: All right, next up we have another Patriot League matchup. Lehigh is taking on Boston in Boston this year. Um, I'm out of all of the games that I think are pretty close. This this would be the first game that I would flip on on friday night saturday morning um lehigh has owned this series they lead the series seven to three um two of the win two of boston's wins came from last season actually both one goal games one and ot so lehigh is not gonna be easy it's not gonna be a walk in the park especially the way boston's been playing the last few weeks um so i for now i have the terriers but you know, Lehigh—they can pull out some wins. They've been playing great all season. They have a great defense. They're eight and three. They're five and one in the Patriot League, um, and so is Boston. Um, so, yeah, and they're on a three-game winning streak right now. After that two-goal loss to Georgetown and the two-goal loss to Army, so you know, a few thing, a couple of things change in those games. They could only have one loss this year, so. Watch out for Colgate here, or not Colgate. <laughs> Watch out for Lehigh here. Um, Boston, got to keep your eyes open, eyes and ears open.
0: What I had a lot of the same notes written down for my analysis for this game um, in terms of how close this series is. Four of the last five games in this series have been one goal. A couple of them have been in overtime. So this is probably one of the best Patriot League matchups there really is. Um, And I think that you're absolutely right. Lehigh is probably one of the most kind of flying under the radar, really good teams that are not quite in that top 20, but a few goals here. or there, definitely in high contention there. I am going to go with BU as well for now. Uh, Lehigh would be a really good pick. um, But I do think BU is coming into form. I think, uh, not only did they beat Loyola, they just looked—they looked really good beating Loyola. And I know we all think about Loyola differently, but it's still a decent Loyola team, and they handled them pretty well. So I'm excited for the, what this BU team can do, and I think they handle this test. Um, but I—I—I I, I, I might switch. I—I truly might switch.
1: Yeah, I don't really have a lot to add. I'm also taking Boston in this one, and that's just solely because of the fact that. Looking at their resumes up to this point, Boston and Lehigh have played very, very similar, like kind of caliber opponents, even outside of the Patriot League as well. Um, And they've both fared very similarly. Boston is the only one that's gotten kind of like that significant win out of conference against Harvard and Bryant. So that's why I'm leaning towards them rather than Lehigh, who has lost all of those games granted they're close, but they still lost. So that's my main reason I'm leaning towards Boston right now and it's at home. So that's a big boost for Boston who has not lost at home yet this year. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I probably am going to stick with them the hallway too.
2: So before we move on, while you were talking and driving, I did convince myself to switch to Lehigh yes. because, because I did think about, I, cause I thought about this and I, Talked a little bit about this with some of the defensemen on the seventh grade team I coached today. Um, Think about Boston's attack. Think about their midfield. They get a little bit of contact on them. them. They're thinking twice before they're dodging or passing the ball towards the crease. Um, And I've seen that a little bit in the last few games, especially in that Navy game, too. Um, So I've convinced myself I'm going to go with the Mountain Hawks. Um, I think they're just a physical defense Um, that kid Checo is amazing he's going to be fun to watch in that game Um, and this game is just this game in general is just going to be awesome it's going to be a great game
0: next up we have LIU on the road to Quinnipiac in another middle of the pack conference showdown LIU is four and four in the conference. Guess what? Quinnipiac also four and four. LIU five and eight overall. Quinnipiac six and six. Very, very evenly matched teams. Probably going to produce a very evenly matched game. I'm going to take the Bobcats, though. I think I've stuck with Quinnipiac maybe a little bit more than I should have this year. But I was very pleased with my Marist pick this past week, where Marist took care of LIU. Uh, at home, and I think that Quinnipiac does the same a little less convincingly. So I'm going to stick with the Bobcats here, but this is a kind of really great under the radar Mac uh, middle of the pack game.
2: Yeah, this is another one of those Mac games where, you know, my record could be drastically different like last week. Um, for now, I'm going to go with LIU because. They do a pretty good job of bouncing back in certain situations, um, and they're kind of fringe Mac tournament right now, I think. Um, well, actually, I think they're a little bit lower now. Let me double-check here.
0: So, yeah, they're, they're sitting at they're five all They're all eight. vying for that final seed.
2: Yeah, I think they want it just a little bit more, but who knows? Um, this is the last game of the Mac season, too. Ooh, this is big. <sighs> you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go safety and safe. And stick with Quinnipiac for now.
3: Yeah, I, I will say, um, if Sacred Heart beats
1: Canisius, like I think they will, and I think they do it yeah. easily, this is a playoff game. L I U Quinnipiac. Whoever loses is a definitively out of the conference tournament. So huge yep. game. I am also picking Quinnipiac at home just because L I U looked pretty poor these two games they had over the past week. Quinnipiac dug out a gritty win against VMI, so I'm going to like them at home in this one.
2: That's also why I'm just going to stick with Quinnipiac, because I want to manifest Sacred Heart into that MAC tournament. want to get them yes. there.
1: Join the <laughs> Sacred Heart trade. Do it.
0: Next up, we have VMI. On the road to Marist, a Marist team that I just said uh, played very well against LIU and a VMI team that really gave away the game to Quinnipiac. They were kind of in control for most of that game and they let Quinnipiac come in and win it. So I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the surging uh, Marist Red Foxes here. I I think we all know VMI struggles on the road and Marist seems to be doing well at home. Just so we know, I checked the MAC tournament this year has six teams, so all the teams that are four and four could theoretically get in. So right now, the top six teams in the MAC are Mount St. Mary's, Manhattan, Marist, and then really it's a competition between LIU, Quinnipiac, Sacred Heart, and Siena. So three of those four teams are going to get in.
2: I think Siena made a big claim beating Manhattan, for
3: sure. Um, Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
1: But back to this one. Yeah, Marist just looked phenomenal. They're four and one in their last five games in the MAC. I like them at home a lot in this game.
2: Um, yeah, I like Marist here too. Um, not much to add. VMI, it's going to be another close game. They've been playing close games a lot this year. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see it again.
0: Next up, we have a Big East showdown between Marquette and 14th ranked Villanova. This is a really big game. And it's really a big game that's probably going to be not marked as such. But if we look at Providence, right, Providence kind of beat Marquette. Providence is in the driver's seat. That means if Marquette wants to get in the biggest tournament, they, they need to get a win against Villanova or Denver. They just have to. And we've already seen Marquette play some really inspired lacrosse this year. We know they beat Michigan and Penn State. So for that reason, I think this game has the potential to be really, really, really interesting a villanova team that yes took care of providence but a market team that has clearly shown to be competitive in big moments that being said i do like villanova at home i do like this wildcats team and i think they know that they have a real shot at an at-large bid if they do their business the right way and i and so for that reason i'm going to stick with wildcats
2: yeah i yeah i i, I had everything that you just said glazer like you know, Marquette, man, they can find ways to win. And recently, Villanova, they've just been – they can find ways to lose. I mean, they lost to Denver 12-6, to lost to Brown 13-11 in a game they probably should have won, in my opinion. But, you know, um, they know what kind of team they are. They're playing at home against Marquette, last home game of the regular season. Um, just got to take care of business. But, you know, you got to take care of Marquette, and Marquette's not going to just give it to you.
3: Yeah, this is, I mean, the last games of the season, obviously, is
1: going to round out the top three because Georgetown's in that driver's seat right now with that win over Denver in the first little bit of the trio between Villanova, Denver, and Georgetown and see who gets that top seed. Villanova has to know that they need to win this game just for that momentum against Georgetown too with that last game of the season is going to be massive for them. Um, It's going to be a big game Marquette's going to give it everything
3: they have, like you guys said. But I'm also going to take Villanova in this game.
2: All righty. Next up, we have another A-Sun matchup. Queens is taking on Mercer this week. Um, I don't have much here. Um, let me just take a quick look at uh, the standings and the A-Sun right now. So
0: Queens one and six. Mer- Mercer two and five.
2: Yeah, so Queen's sitting at the bottom of the barrel in the A-Sun. Um, but they've been playing games close this year. Um, just all depends on if, the, I think if the, this can be a close game, all depends on if Ashton Wood shows up or not. But for now, I'm going to stick with the Bears.
0: I agree. I think Mercer's just better than this Queen's team, and we already know how much drive-in tests the Royals, so I, I think we know who, who's, who he's taking.
2: <laughs>
1: I am picking Mercer.
2: come on do it
1: do it moving on to a much more i guess rankings implications matchup we've got number 15 north carolina traveling to number one notre dame i don't have a lot for this matchup notre dame very good unc on a very fast downward spiral uh UNC's losing streak in the ACC is going to continue on this game. I have Notre Dame all the way, and North Carolina is our panic team
3: of the week.
2: Yeah, I I don't have much to add. I don't like UNC's vibe. Um, Haven't liked it the last few weeks, even though I had been trying to advocate for their defense. But they're just not winning games. Um, And Notre Dame, they've had a week off. so. That's a very dangerous Notre Dame team that they're playing.
0: I think North Carolina's hope is that they learn a lot about Notre Dame in this first game, practice for two weeks, and then give it their best shot against Notre Dame to finish the season. Um, But no, they're not winning this one. I maybe give them a fighting chance in the second one with Notre Dame coming off that UVA game, but. I I don't know in any circumstance where you uh, UNC wins this game,
3: so.
1: Moving on to another A10 matchup, we've got High Point traveling to Saint Bonaventure, and as I mentioned in the last A10 matchup, there is one distinct outlier in the conference, and that's the Saint Bonaventure's team. They literally just can't keep up with any other team in the conference this year. (laughs) This is High Point.
3: literally nothing more to add high point yeah i i have high point as well same
2: bottom edge here just not good this year
1: next up we've got umass lowell traveling to vermont and this is a battle of the very top of the america east versus the very bottom of the america east and vermont is going to come out the winner
0: yeah, um, really impressed by Vermont against Bryant. I think we all were, we all took Bryant, and we all were like pretty confident in Bryant winning that game. Um, so from have to have Vermont win that is is really big. Um, but yeah, I think really this America East is between um, Bryant and uh, Bryant and Vermont, and it's really just kind of not cupcakes, but consolation games until we get back to that point. So absolutely Vermont here. Next up, we have our beloved Dartmouth Big Green taking on the number 19th ranked Penn Quakers. I'm pretty sure Dartmouth's got their one Ivy League win. I do not think it's going to happen for them. Uh, It's a shame. But uh, Penn is in a... I think Penn is in the exact same position as Yale. They have to win. They cannot lose. They have to keep winning if they're going to make the tournament. And much like Princeton, Penn's going to have a fun time against Dartmouth.
2: Yeah, I have I have Penn here, too. Um, wheels are kind of falling off on the uh, Dartmouth bandwagon right now. Um, if they win, great. I'm all for it. Would love it. But I don't see it happening.
1: Yeah, like I mentioned last week, Ivy Leagues, for some reason, have a huge advantage at home. Penn already has an advantage over Dartmouth to begin with. And Dartmouth, since its win over Harvard, Their Ivy League scoring differential is minus 31 in three games. Tough. It's tough. And we'll win this one.
0: Next up, we have another Big East matchup, number eight, Georgetown, going up north to St. John's. St. John's, who very much deservingly so, is our surprise team of the week. Um, I am the only one with a Flow Live subscription, so I was tasked with – keeping up with that Denver and St. John's game. And it was a good one. It was a good one. It was in many ways, like, I thought to myself, are the guys playing for St. John's, like, actually, do they actually go to St. John's? Like, is is this their lacrosse team? Because this is not the team that I've seen play any time the rest of the season. Um, regardless, though, Georgetown will win this game in the same way that Denver will win this game. St. John's just, unfortunately, doesn't have enough in the tank to outlast these good teams in these games.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm taking Georgetown. I think they're, the only sad thing about St. John's doing so well against Denver is that now Georgetown's not overlooking this game, so it might even be worse than it would (laughs) have been if St. John's hadn't done well against Denver, but definitely taking the Hoyas in this matchup
2: yeah i i have georgetown as well would love to see st John step it up again that would be awesome um but yeah for now hoyas
1: moving on to a big game yes oh yes it is our favorite spotlight team hampton pirates they're getting their time to shine hofstra is traveling to hampton this weekend and this it is crunch time if Hampton wants a d1 win this season they have Hofstra at home this weekend and then they're away at Fairfield and honestly if this game happened two weeks ago I would have honestly been kind of optimistic for Hampton in their chances because of how bad Hofstra was looking but unfortunately this is not two weeks ago and Hofstra has looked great in their last three games beating Monmouth and Drexel and only losing to Towson by two uh I it's just I'm picking Hostra. To put it blatantly, Hampton is 0-5 in CAA games right now. They are averaging three goals per game in those five, and they are averaging 18 goals against in those games. Scoring differential 15 per game. That's pretty bad. And the You want to call it a cherry on top. It's the opposite of that. The dagger in the heart, I guess, is that their game against Towson this past weekend, they just called it at the very beginning of the fourth quarter because the score was 20 to one. And I guess they just knew there was no coming back from that already. So I would love to see this Hampton squad get its first ever conference win since this is their first year in a conference. But this is is unfortunately not going to be that year.
0: We said it. We said Hampton, your time was coming, and here it is. We're going to take Hofstra. us wrong. Show us what you got on campus. Take down the pride. I hope for the lacrosse community's sake you do, but I do not think you do for pick reasons. I think Hofstra wins this game, and I don't think it's as ugly as the Towson game. Um, but unfortunately I do not think Hampton gets this one.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, if, like you said, dry band, if this, if this game happened like a few weeks ago, um, I would be more optimistic about Hampton. Um, but for now, um, I like the pride They're you know, they got all their guys healthy and they're back. Um, they're looking for a CAA bid to the tournament. Um. So I don't see them dropping this game.
0: Next up, we have Harvard on the road to Princeton. Harvard hung around with Penn pretty well until Penn broke free in the second half. Uh, Princeton was kind of in cruise control this past weekend. I'm going to lump in Princeton with Yale and Penn in terms of these teams have got to win out, have got to win out. Um, And really, whoever... Whichever of the three of them wins out probably does get the second Ivy League bid if it even exists. Um, But Princeton, for that reason, cannot drop this one to Harvard. Um, And I don't for that. And for that reason, I don't think they do. Harvard is a talented, good team. They've been a fringe top 20 team for us all year. Uh, I just have more confidence in Princeton. I think they're uh, just a better squad. And I think they want it more. This is a Final Four team. And I think they are probably irritated that they're not delivering the expectations. Uh, in the preseason.
2: This, I'm I'm very tempted to go with Harvard because um, I sent a a tweet by Terry Foy to you guys this weekend, and they lost Sam English for the year and another player, uh, I have it right here, their short short stick d Midi stud, Luke Anderson, um, to season-ending injuries um i i just don't know about this princeton team they're they're kind of weird to me they lost that game against syracuse when syracuse was pretty at, at, at their lowest point i think in the season um we're still zero three in the acc um weren't winning a ton of games they were still like 500 or barely 500 um and harvard you know tough game against penn um they didn't look like themselves Um, They didn't cash in on a lot of the uh, extra man opportunities that Penn gave them. Um, In fact, they turned the ball over a lot. They turned the ball over, I think over 15 times. Um, And that's not typical Harvard lacrosse that you've seen this year. Um, For now, I'm going to take Princeton uh, because they they've been here before. They have the experienced guys um, who can close out the regular season and with some tough wins um but i could feel differently about harvard they're still a great team statistically a great team so just don't count the crimson out don't count the crimson out
1: yeah i'm going to agree with both of you guys i'm going to take princeton in this one like i've said ivy leagues have that home field advantage for whatever reason this year and i just i think harvard's win over cornell was great through a lot of turmoil into the ivy league but this game for princeton is a winner go home pretty much if they lose this game they will become five and six and they play Cornell as their last game of the season if they lose that game against Cornell they're uh, they're they're at risk of not getting into the Ivy League tournament and they would have to win that AQ to actually get into the final tournament so winning this game against Harvard makes their chances a hell of a lot easier and a lot better So I think they know that they're at home. This is a must win. I'm taking Princeton.
3: Next up, we
0: have a very exciting MAC matchup with the Mount traveling to Siena. And gentlemen, let me take you through a quick history of the Mount season because it is ridiculous. They open up the season with an OK loss against Navy. They get... Smoked by Towson, smoked by Delaware, they eke out a win against NJIT, where I'm pretty sure Dryband took NJIT. They took NJIT.
1: That was the game. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. That was the they game. They get smoked by UMBC and then they lose in overtime against Monmouth. Followed by a three-to-nine loss against Manhattan to open up the Mac play. Okay. That was on March 11th. Ever since then, Mount has just blown over everyone. They are 7-0 since then. They are now smoking teams in conference. And this team looks like to be the preeminent of the MAC, especially now that Siena has beaten Manhattan, um, which makes this matchup that much more interesting. I have been saying for the past couple weeks as I'm taking them out, I'm going to take them out because of momentum, and I'm going to stick with it. This team is very, very dangerous. This team, if they make the tournament, could maybe pull off an upset like Delaware last year. Um, very exciting what Emmitsburg has put it together. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with them here.
2: Yeah, I really, really like how Mount is playing this year. Um, recently, in the last seven games, I um, was talking to my uncle this past weekend, um, and he's a Mount grad. Um, and we were talking a little bit, and they, he said, "There, what I he basically said verbatim what I was what I've been saying all year. He, they're a team on a mission, and they're looking really hot right now. Um, Siena, big win against Manhattan, so certainly not a pushover game. I think we're gonna have a similar game um, that Mount had against Sacred Heart this past weekend. Um, so yeah, close out the season, hot boys. Um, the bid is right there." You just got I, go out and take it.
1: I love this Mount team. The only shot in the foot. There is a big question mark for me. This MAC tournament is going to be held at Manhattan. Mount cannot host it because they are not a full MAC member. They're a, what is the word, like honorary member for Lacroix? Affiliate. 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 Thank you. They're an affiliate member. And they, MAC does not allow affiliate members to have and host the tournament. So this will go to Manhattan mount obviously they play great on the road and at home which thank god because they need it if they're going to play this tournament as the one seed on the road they're still going to get that number one by which is great and i think they're going to be sienna but i think it's a shame they don't have home field advantage and i think that could make it much more interesting for this tournament when that time comes so i like mount now and i'm really excited for this mount conference Tournament. Going on to the next game, we've got America East matchup. We have UNBC traveling to NJIT, and UMBC needs this rebound win, not just for men- momentum, but to actually stay in contention to get into the conference tournament. Uh, only four teams make it in the America East, and right now they're sitting at number five after the loss to Albany. So they've got to keep the pressure on. They've got to keep Albany knowing that they're right behind them, knocking on that door. I've got UMBC in this game.
3: Yeah, I have UMBC as well. Um, not much to add. Me too. Um, uh, the
0: retrievers' fate is in the hands of the great deans, and I thought they had a real opportunity to beat Binghamton, and they just didn't deliver. Uh, and so, good on you guys for taking the Bearcats, but I really thought UMBC was going to get that one. So, but yeah, they got this one. No problem.
2: Next up, we have uh, another ace on matchup: Linden Woods taking on Bobby Mo. Um, all I have to really say is I just don't know. I don't know because I you should it. know. You should know, but we know what kind of Lindenwood team that they, we know what kind of team Lindenwood has been this season. They're a gritty team. They can stick with teams um, if they want to Bobby Mo. They kind of been up and down. And then suddenly they have that 20 goal. Um, I don't know what, what you would call it. They had that 20 goal game basically. And then, you know, they go wire to wire with Queens up until the fourth quarter. So I really don't know what kind of team Bobby Moe is going to show up with anymore. Um, they lost to Detroit Mercy, lost to Mercer, lost to Utah, and they just put up 21 goals against Bellarmine for some freaking reason. Um, so right now I'm going to go with Bobby Moe, but I just don't know. I, I really don't know. I've I've given up on, yeah. on the Colonials.
1: Boy, I agree with you. I, I called them frauds at the beginning of the year, and they still are, but they're just confusing frauds now. They can play really well when they want to, but oh my lord, if they're not on, they are dismantled in the worst way. I mean, they lost to Detroit Mercy. That's all I'll say. So I'm taking Robert Morris right now, but this could be a very interesting game.
0: The a like the Mac, has six teams in. So Bobby, Moe, sitting at i think three and four in conference should be feeling pretty good about that probably a five or a six seed uh they're going to win this game against lindenwood i don't really have much question about that the question is really can bobby Mo manufacture a game against bellarmin in the playoffs so we'll see
1: moving on to another america east game we've got binghamton at bryant and Against Vermont, Brian was held to under 15 goals for just the second time in 11 games this entire season. Luckily enough for them, though, they are super productive at home, and their only loss at home is their overtime loss against Boston in the first or second week of the season. This game is massive. It's going to determine who's number two and number three in the America East tournament, which is huge to have just that. I mean, they're going to play each other again. Like, this is going to be a rematch. Whoever wins is just going to have, like, the higher number seed in the tournament. So this is going to be a big preview of what's going to come in the American East Conference tournament. Really like Brian at home, like I said, and I'm just a big fan of home teams, too. So I'm going to take Brian in this game.
2: Yeah, I'm going to take Brian as well. Um I think they probably felt they should have beaten that Vermont team. But, you know, um, one thing happens here, another thing happens there. Suddenly you're down by one. Um, so, you know, uh, they're a great team. I expect them to figure out some things and uh, take care of business against the Bearcats.
0: This game is exactly the same as Air Force in Jacksonville. The two three seed rematch in a couple weeks. The question is really how much is each team going to show the other team knowing they're going to play again? How are they going to play? You know, it really doesn't matter who wins this game. Like, it, it, honestly, it doesn't matter. So for that reason, Binghamton probably has an outside chance. But I think Bryant has too much pride to give up a game like this. And so I think the Bulldogs kind of have a rebound win and, and take care of this very, very resurgent uh, Binghamton team from last year.
1: Moving on to a sneaky ACC matchup. We've got number 11 Syracuse traveling to number three UVA. And was just coming off a of two straight top 20 road wins against Princeton, and then the neutral side against UNC that happened this weekend. And this is an opportunity presented before this team that they have not seen in quite a while, because if they're able to somehow dig out a win against this a very, very good UVA team, they are very serious contenders, if not like almost shoe-ins for an at-large bid at that point. Um, now, whether or not I actually think that that's possible is a very different discussion because UVA is 8-1 and one against everybody not named Duke this year, and the one loss is against Maryland and OT. Uh, I think UVA is going to win this game at home, but Cuse is definitely not a team to be overlooked by anyone anymore this season.
0: I agree. Cuse has kind of shut me up with their play, and, and good on them, because I was by no means pleased with Syracuse at any point during the season, especially go- even going into last week. Um, that being said, I, I like Virginia a lot here. I, I think there's a very distinct difference between Virginia and North Carolina. We saw that when Virginia played North Carolina. So if that's the case, in North Carolina and Q split, then I, I would definitely take Virginia here. Uh little tidbit, though, very excited for next year when the ACC tournament returns. It is? It's returning.
2: Oh, thank God. Next year or this year? Next year. Oh, damn it. I wanted. I wanted. The, I wanted one this year. Oh well. Wow. Is there another? Is there a team joining the ACC, or are they no, just they're, gonna fix they're the just, rules so they can have an ACC?
0: Hey, they're going to go back to. We're not playing. We're. They're just going to go back to. We're going to play everybody once in the regular season and not do this like splitting two matchups. Play everybody once and have a conference tournament. So thank God. Thank we God. can look forward to that.
2: Thank God. Will the winner have like an automatic bid.
0: No. No. Because you still need 16 to get an AQ.
2: Yeah, interesting. Okay. That, I don't know about that. That, that kind of, to me, that just seems like a recipe for injuries. Um, especially if you're a team going into the tournament and you're a lock. Um,
1: well, I mean, they're still like, it, they're just changing out two games for a possible two games. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Gotcha.
2: They're playing two okay. less.
1: It, like during the season, like in season regular
2: season ACC games. Yeah, but you kind of see what I'm yes, no, I agree what you're saying yes, I agree yeah. what you're saying. Um but yeah, going back to this game, um, I see these two teams as like a ticking time bomb. I'm not really sold on UVA to beat top tier teams, really. Um, yes, they beat Notre Dame, right? Yep. Yes. Yes. They beat Notre Dame. But they can't beat Duke, they didn't beat Maryland, and Maryland is a shell of its former. Um, Syracuse, they're taking time bomb in the sense they're ready to blow the entire ACC up right now. And imagine, like, this, and if they beat UVA this weekend, they pretty much, I think they lock in for, not really lock in, but they're now in the conversation for an at-large bid. Um, And I'm not ready to count them out just yet, but... For now, I'm going to go with UVA. However, if I see UVA pull out a 10-man ride in the first quarter of the game and Syracuse scores, I think I should have a right to go just switch to the orange because that is just downright disrespectful.
0: Boy, I I I want you to have a conversation with Lars in the offseason and just vent to him about his 10-man ride decisions.
2: Like, it's fine against, like, outside of the top 20 but if you're playing a top 15 team why are you doing it i don't get it i don't get it i don't get it
0: the rage Um,
2: i love it i just don't i don't i don't get it
0: (laughs) next up we have uh towson taking on monmouth towson has gotta be feeling pretty pretty good about themselves having to not play a full 60 minutes and winning 20 to 1 against hampton uh Towson controls their own destiny. They are 3-2 and two in conference. They should win this one to go 4-2. and two. Towson's got the conference tournament ahead of them. Huge underdogs. Let's see what this Tigers, Tigers team can do. I do think they take down Monmouth here.
1: Fully agree. Uh, this Towson team has, I mean, like we've said, they're better than their record. We've said it all year. And lo and behold, come crunch time in the season, they have their destiny in their hands pretty much. Um, they're in that conference playoff spot right now. They're going to win against, if they get this win against Monmouth, they kind of solidify themselves at that, at that point. So it's all in their hands. They've got that ability to get the AQ. I like them in this
2: matchup. Yeah, I have Towson here. And uh, I did want to say this in the Denver game, but – um Towson so I didn't know that Sean Nademan was on Bill Tierney's Princeton squad on his staff um at the in back in the 90s they had a little tribute for him uh for Bill Tierney before the game and I I'll tell you very emotional not a dry eye in the stadium it was awesome um you saw Bill Tierney take his hat off take his sunglasses off which I've never seen him do ever other than winning (laughs) the national championship game um So just an awesome moment thought I should mention it.
1: That is nice. I'm glad Nylon did that. Uh, Moving on, we've got our last A10 matchup for this week. We've got UMass at St. Joe's. And this is going to be a very, very big game. It's going to determine kind of whether or not St. Joe's really does have that. They can clench. I think St. Joe's, yeah. They can clench a share of the regular season A10 title with a win at home. And... UMass is just kind of searching for a win just to get back into this conference. I mean, they're not out of it by any means. They only have one loss against Richmond, but two losses in this conference means you are not in the top two. You are in the bottom three. And that comes big when you're a lower seed in the conference tournament. So St. Joe's, Shane Ryan came back from injury this past weekend, uh, and he's staying consistent in the cage, which is great. He was just under 50% against Hobart. So, and they're five and one since their three-game losing streak skid. St. Josephs, and that only one loss is to Duke, and that was only by three. So, I think they claim or they make their claim to this conference with a good win against UMass at home in this one.
2: You said that they would have a share in the regular, the regular season? season. Yeah, they clench. Who would they share? Who would they share it with? Like possibly share
0: if they lose their final uh, one. Yes. Oh, to-
2: okay. I gotcha. Because I was sitting here looking at the standings, I'm like, they're what? Um so, if yeah, they beat um, high point
1: and UMass, then they win the whole thing
3: for the regular season. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Sorry about that. I just got confused. Um yeah, I like I like Hawk Hill in this one too. Um but UMass, they're they're a battle tested team, so don't count them out, especially after Hawk Hill's performance against Hobart. So um yeah, we'll see what happens. It's gonna be a battle at the face-off X too, because UMass they got they have a, a solid face-off committee. Um, yeah. and the Drip King himself as well. So don't count out the Minutemen. I uh
0: I would really be taking UMass if this game was uh, up there, but it's not. It's down here. And um, for that reason I like Hawk Hill a little bit more, but this is a very interesting, very interesting game. And uh would not be surprised if UMass pulls this off.
2: Alrighty, we're getting down to the wire here, and these next two games probably my two favorite games of the year. Um, first, we have our number nine Army Black Knights taking on the Navy Midshipmen. Um, Army, they lost to Cornell, but you know what? They lost to Cornell eleven to ten, and you know what? Ever since that Rutgers game, we've kind of been like, you know, is can Army? hang with these guys can they hang with these top 10 teams we've had them in the top 10 for a while now we've kind of been like oh they're not a top 10 team oh they are um and i think that they proved and this game even though they lost to cornell they can hang with uh, some of the best in in the country right now navy they're on a four game winning streak after that long losing drought for a while um so this is going to be a classic army navy game it's going to be a bloodbath gonna be physical. Um n- nobody is gonna have a clean jersey at the end of this game. Um there's gonna be blood, sweat, tears on this field. Um again, I said it in the beginning. It's my this is one of my favorite games of the year, and I expect nothing unless this is gonna be a phenomenal matchup. Um, but for now I'm gonna go with army. Um, like I said, they've proven that they can hang with some of the best, and I don't think they're ready to lose to Navy right now.
0: Awesome matchup, uh, probably one of the finest rivalries in all sports, period. Um, this is a interesting game in that Navy won this game last year, and Navy had a bad season last year, and they spoiled it for Army. Um, mm-hmm. So it was – this is kind of shaping up to be a very similar situation. Navy's having a down year. Army's pretty freaking good. I respect Navy for being the Navy. I don't respect them as the lacrosse team. I, I don't think they're there yet. I really don't. Um, I, I, I commended them for finding ways to win gritty games, but it's not going to be good enough against an Army team, an Army team that I took to beat Cornell and was pretty happy with how they played. They had every right to win that game. They gave up the winning goal with nine seconds left. Like, yep. it, It's a tough way to lose, but whatever. Um, Army knows that having lost to Cornell, they need this AQ. They need this win. They need everything to get in. And so, yeah, I think they beat Navy.
1: Yeah, I, I love this game, too. It's great that it's going to be a Navy this year. Navy needs that momentum boost just because they're statistically, obviously, a little bit less than Army, but that's not going to mean anything to them in this game. It's going to be great. Definitely going to be watching this one, but right now I'm going to be taking Army. I think they're just a cut above Navy is, and I I know they're on that four-game win streak, but I just, oh, man. The way that their season's been up and down, Army's been way more consistent for me. So I'm gonna like the Black Knights in this game.
2: Next up, we have the game to end all games, I think we can say. And the stakes are high because these two teams are top five, if not fringe top five teams. It's the Johns Hopkins Blue Jays taking on the Maryland Terps in College Park. this I've never been actually more excited for this game in a very long time because these are two very talented teams. Um and kind of the tail of tail of two it is the tail of two teams, uh, to keep repeating, two teams. Um Hopkins, they've been playing great all year and uh you know they may have dropped a few, but they've shown that they've can stay resilient and take down some of these top tier teams. Um, and then you got the Terps, uh, they they take Notre Dame to triple overtime, they, uh, um, they beat UVA, uh, they lose, then they lose to Michigan, um, and then find a way to bring it all together and take down Rutgers. Um, it's going to be a great game. Uh, you know what, with the way these defenses and goalies are playing, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a single-digit matchup on both sides. Uh, so... You know what, I'm going with the Terps home team. They put it together against Rutgers. I think they can put it together again. The big question is, 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 is if can, this offense can produce at a high level. Um, mm-hmm. they, they put up a lot of goals against Rutgers, but you know what, Rutgers wasn't the same Rutgers team that we've seen all year. So you know what? You walk away with that saying, all right, we won this game. Now we got Hopkins. They're going to be a lot better. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at you uh, every quarter. Um, It's going to be a tough game. But for now, I, li- I like the Terps.
3: Yeah,
1: I this game's going to be great. Um, most interesting thing for me in this game is going to be how Hopkins tries to handle Luke Weirman. Uh, mm-hmm. He's hands down the best faceoff guy in the Big Ten again. Uh, whoever uh, Hopkins guy is at X, he's been a little wishy-washy this year. Um, I mean, they did great against Ohio State because Ohio State's main face-off guy got hurt, I think like five weeks ago, and he's been out. But uh, I don't know, the the X play and the wing play is going to be massive in this game. Every single possession is going to count. Like you said, Voight, this is going to be a close, low-scoring game. I agree with you on that. And it's going to be an intense atmosphere at college park. That stadium is going to be at whatever capacity they let it be at. They will probably be at that. Um, I'm going to take Hopkins though. I, this team still is impressing me. I, I really like how they're playing They're eight and two since their back-to-back losses against UNC and Loyola, their offense is playing really well together. I, Haven't felt like this Hopkins has not made me feel this confident in them in a very long time. And I haven't seen Hopkins play at this level of a caliber since before the pandemic happened. So I think they know that this is their best chance at beating Maryland in a while. So I think that they're going to go take it to you at Maryland at college park. They're going to win the crab trophy thing. What the hell is that? Yes, they're.
2: It's they're a crab. I don't know what they call it. The and rivalry get,
1: trophy. I, I think they're gonna solidify themselves at the top of that Big Ten and get earn themselves a bye in that conference tournament.
0: I'm with the drive in. I'm gonna take the Blue Jays here. Um I think that they are I think that their schedule has proven to be a benefit for them this year, and it has prepared them for this game. Uh I think the most exciting part about this game is how exciting it is. This game hasn't really meant that much in the past couple of years. Maryland smoked, smoked him, put him in a smoker for four hours last year, 22 to 7. Uh, Mission Hop- Barbecue smoked him. Exactly. Uh, Hopkins <laughs> um, ha- hasn't been relevant really since COVID in particular. And so to have them be back here is just they're great for the sport, even if you hate them. Uh, So I I like Hopkins here. I I do. I think, um, I think they're just, they're going to find a way to win this game more so than, than Maryland. Uh, Wouldn't be surprised if we see this game again in the big 10 championship for sure.
2: There's a very good chance that'll happen. Um, But again, Michigan rising up the ranks, Penn state, very hot. So it's anybody's. It's anybody's title to take, honestly. Um, other than Ohio State, so we don't know. I don't know about that.
3: Right.
2: Um, yeah. Moving on, we have an interesting ace on matchup: Cleveland State's taking on Utah. How m- I have to look at Utah's schedule again. Um,
3: because seven they've now.
2: been how many twenty-point games in a row have they had? Though is four, I think. Oops absurd three. in a row three in a row yeah the, they could i think they make it four in a row here and obliterate this cleveland state team
1: god their offense is on a different level right now mm-hmm. they're averaging over 20 goals a game i'll say that in their last six
2: yeah 26 playoffs. 22
1: 22 yeah. I, I i agree with you i've got utah only one little fun fact to add for everyone out there that might not know this uh this is related to the asun conference tournament that is being held at robert morris this year already been set in stone doesn't move it's not determined on who wins the conference it's determined on who won the conference the year prior so that'll be at bobby mo which means it's very interesting because the top three seeds utah air force and jacksonville all have a Huge travel to do for that conference tournament. So, big implications for that.
0: Take in Utah. Let's see how many points this offense can score. I'm excited for it.
2: Imagine if Bobby Mo somehow finds find a way to shit the bin, and they can't even attend their own <laughs> conference tournament. <laughs> oh,
1: Good lord.
0: Oh, Bobby Although Mo.
2: Devastating.
0: We conclude Saturday With a quiet MAC matchup, Manhattan's taking on Wagner.
2: Wagner, good
0: win against Canisius. Do not think you beat Manhattan. Jaspers are just too good for this one.
1: Yeah, I agree. Manhattan lost against Siena, but they know they need to keep this win to get that conference tournament at home. So they have that home field advantage and whatever advantage they can take over Mount St. Mary's at this point right now. I also am taking the
2: Jaspers. Yeah, I have the Jaspers as well. Um, none nothing to add
1: all right moving on to our last game this week our only sunday matchup we've got Mary merrimack america's team traveling up north or i guess sideways i guess west
2: north to, it's north it's
1: north the it north okay going to albany uh albany has a brutal schedule to end the season they still have four games left and they play all four over an eight-day period uh, they play Yale, then Merrimack, then Penn, then finish at Princeton, or at Binghamton. Out of those four games, though, this one is by far, by far, the most important to this team, because if they win it, they are in the America East tournament by holding that head-to-head over UMBC. Albany is 3-0 and in all three conference games they have at home this season, and I think they're going to continue that streak in this one, so I have Albany over Merrimack.
0: Really tempting to take Merrimack here. But I think for the reason you just said, Albany knows the need to win this game. And I think the other three they couldn't give less of a crap about. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Great Danes here.
2: Yeah, I, I got the Great Danes as well. Um, but one of those games where I may feel differently. But for right now, I, I like Albany.
0: That concludes our Week 11 rivalry week review gents any final comments before we sign off
1: uh there's this is a little bit of a lighter week especially on the weekend especially on Sunday uh I'll just say MCLA if you want to watch some good lacrosse if you're still hungry for something there's a lot of conference tournaments that are going on this weekend for the MCLA I know Southeastern Lacrosse Conference that's the one I played in at Georgia Tech Semifinals are Saturday night. Conference is loaded. Number three, Georgia, plays number 15, South Carolina, in the first semifinal. Number one, Florida, plays number five, Georgia Tech, in the other semifinal. So, a lot of good teams in that conference. Really competitive. It'll be great. Championship is on Sunday. So, look into the other ones if you want to see them. There's some fun colleges out there that have really good teams that you might not know of or that you might like for other sports that don't have a D1 lacrosse team. So, fun to Cheer on the other guys.
2: Yeah, I I tried to take a quick look at the D three schedules. Um, not much going on. Uh, not not a whole lot, whole lot going on in the D three landscape. But you got a team that you like. Got a couple of friends on the team. Check those guys out. Um, D three has been proven to uh, have a lot of parity. Um, I mean, we've seen it with Tufts. We've seen it with CNU. We've seen it with Salisbury. Um, the biggest matchup I can find right now is on Saturday, Wesleyan versus Williams. Williams took Tufts to the wire, and Wesleyan has been pretty solid this year as well, so that should be a great game. Um, but for right now, um, I don't have a whole, to- whole ton. Just watch out for Kenyon. Watch out for Dickinson. Um, and watch out for Swarthmore, too. Um They did not lose big to Dickinson, but they also beat uh, Glazer's Gettysburg Bullets, so watch out for those guys.
0: It's always a good week in D3 land, but we cover D1, and it is going to be another classic week. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Pick wisely, be well, and in these controversial times of rivalry week, stay above everyone else and be classy. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a good week.